What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Good evening, everyone. Uh, Thank you once again for joining me to uh, my podcast on Block Talk Radio, Heavenly Places. Um, I also would like to thank Dorothy Carruthers for for having me, giving me this opportunity to teach to everyone, everyone who's called in and listening, and also those who will listen later on down the road. Um, I guess we can go ahead. We'll begin by opening up with a uh, prayer. Uh, Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace, mercy, and salvation, O Father. Give give me understanding of your word, O oh Father. Give the listeners understanding of your word. Um, let us trust in you, Father Lord, and let us not let your word be snatched away from us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, last week, I actually kind of finished a little bit early, but we're going to, uh, again, talk, be focused on the same topic of uh, knowing the word from chapter two of the uh, book Manifest Destiny. In particular section of the book, we were actually talking about having a uh, heart knowledge of the word versus having a academic knowledge of the word. And uh, Another thing before we get into the study, the book, I was, so far I have only been able to give two books away. Um, through the listeners, so I'm I'm going to try something different, maybe uh, to not cause you to be discouraged for those who are listening. Um, anyway, how I'm going to do it this time is I have 100 books. Okay, so we're not going to just do two a week, but as soon as you you hear the broadcast, um, you can go ahead and send me an email and just provide me with the mailing address. And I will go ahead and and ship off that book to you, to you at no cost. Um, again, the book is the book that I wrote, Manifest Destiny: The Path Towards Wisdom. And you can email me, or you can email Dorothy, and uh, request for the book, and uh, I'll get your address and I'll ship it off to you. But if you don't want to do that, of course you can go to Amazon and you can buy the book. Oh, my email address is a. Uh, Dr. Mir J at gmail dot com. That's D R M E R E J A Y at gmail dot com. That's D R M E R E J A Y at gmail dot com. And you can also uh if you uh can't remember the email address, you can go to my webpage Jameer J A M E R E dot O R G. 
and uh, it's a contact information. You can uh, email me through that way and contact me and uh, send the same information that way. So now let's let's get to this uh, book. Uh, this is I would like to say this is my favorite chapter in the book, but I was, actually I like the, many of the chapters in the book. Um, and knowing the word, which uh, is a path towards wisdom, and that's the whole purpose of the book. To lead us towards wisdom is not really leading us toward a book, but lead us towards wisdom, lead us towards the uh, scripture, the written word, which is recorded in the Bible. So uh, developing a heart knowledge, we uh, uh, kind of ended, I believe, what we were talking about Paul and James, and they was uh, actually describing the written word and, the, and their passages in the text. They were uh comparing a word to a mirror. Uh, the scripture that I was using was 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. And it says, this is a very familiar scripture. But we are with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So when we are looking and studying and reading the uh, written word of our Father from heaven that is, was, has been written for us, to guide us, direct us, to lead us, and encourage us, to heal us and do so many blessed things, manifold, manifold things that God has in there for us. But when we, when we read that word, we're, uh, we're reflecting once we have the Holy Spirit, his very presence within us, actually the word is a reflection of uh, what's already in you, you know. And we talked a little bit about that when we were talking about David and Goliath. When uh, David was fighting Goliath, uh, Goliath was saying, I defy the army of the living God. And then David was saying all these things back at Goliath. But again, as we uh, recall that David during his time, most of the Bible has yet to be compiled. So why, why was he quoting all these these passages and scriptures that we have today uh, to Goliath? So we have them as passages and scriptures today, but he didn't have them. He was just saying them out of his mouth because uh, they were uh, the word that was already in him that the Father had already placed in him before the foundation of the world for him to say that to to uh, Goliath. And we're looking at it after it happened, and we see the recorded text and through uh and uh through the uh Old Testament that was but one of the keys to uh developing a heart knowledge is to know that once that we are saved and that we are uh complete in Christ, and that as we read the word uh as we are transformed into the image of Christ, we have to Read, read, read the word, and I know it can seem tedious. So, more actually, uh, a few of the facts of the Bible. If you don't know that uh, the Bible is the most um, sold book in the world, <laughs> so it's number one seller. But also, you know, the Bible is also, you know, the, the Bible. I just found out recently that the Bible is also the number one stolen book in the world, too. <laughs> so not only is it the most sold, but it's the most stolen book in the world. So I guess, like, people have them at the hotels and different places that uh, a lot of people are, are grabbing it, you know. So the word, the word is out there. Um, 
But getting back to the mirror, the writ, the written word of our Father is the word that's reflecting who we are eternally in Christ. And this is why Jesus he he instructs us to be perfect as our heavenly Father is perfect. Um, so from our Father in heaven's perspective, he basically what he's saying is you that we are already perfect. <laughs> you know, I know that that's hard to uh, kind of rationalize because you, you're you thinking about all the things you've done in your past. Some of you might be thinking of some of the things you've done before you even tune, tuned in this evening or wherever, whenever you pick picking up. Like, man, I'm, I'm just so imperfect and I'm just so unrighteous. But uh, being perfect from my, my study of the word is, is not something we do, but it's a gift that we return to our Father in heaven. And that's the same thing with righteousness and holiness. We we don't earn holiness, um, but we return holiness to our Father in heaven through our actions. And we, the same way as we return perfection, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to move through us. And we all know there, that there's nothing within ourselves that we can do to uh, achieve perfection, it comes from above. It comes from eternity into the, this, this realm that we are in, to time. But from our vantage point, we uh, we're grow we're growing into perfection. We're growing into holiness, and that's why we have to read and study the word. We have to read and study the word, and it takes more than reading, uh, memorizing. And man's religion um, to know the word. I mean, those those are important things, but we have we have to go beyond those things. You know, we talked about the ABCs of the word, just like reading it, memorizing it. There's nothing wrong with that, reading and memorizing it, but you shouldn't just be satisfied with just reading it and memorizing it. Um, James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25. I'm going to read that to you. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. Very familiar passage in a word. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceiving yourself. So this is talking about somebody, okay, they just kind of listening to it. They may be even memorizing it, that they're deceiving themselves. It says, it says, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it, do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever intent, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Um, a key to having a heart knowledge for the word of our Father is it says it says it like two or three times in that passage, but not just um, listening to it or memorizing it, but to do it, to do the word. You know, uh, each Sunday or Wednesday or or whatever day you attend worship or Whatever day you just have your own personal devotion, the the purpose 
for that scripture or passage is for you to execute it that day or that moment um, or to apply it into to your life because if you're not doing those things, it's like, okay, you, you're forgetting who you are in Christ. You know, whenever you face different situations and circumstances in life, and, it, and sometimes it's hard because here, especially in America and in Western culture, in this modern life is we live in where knowledge is traveling to and fro and everything is just so fast, 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 fast to the moment that, okay, we're in the work and having our, our moment and uh, fellowship with our father in the morning or during lunch. And then, okay, I did that. That's off the checklist. Now I'm doing my work or I'm driving this person here or or I'm, I'm doing this or that or whatever. You just kind of get very busy. And in that busyness, we forget what we're, look, we're looking like and we forget to do the word. And um, we just forget it. And a way that... Uh, that has helped me out is uh, another scripture, and this is from the Old Testament, and a form of uh, it talks about beholding a word. We were talking about beholding a word in James, but a way of beholding a word is actually uh, meditate, meditating in a word. Uh, in uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, this is uh, another very familiar scripture, but uh, our Father in heaven, he tells Joshua to meditate on the word day and night. And the word meditate in Hebrew, because Joshua, I mean, uh, the Old Testament Joshua, book of Joshua was written in Hebrew, and I'm going to probably pronounce this word wrong, but I'm, let me spell it for you. It's S Y, I mean, sorry, S I Y A C H. S I Y A C H. And that's Saicha, I guess. I'm not sure if, if I'm pronouncing it right. But basically what it means, it means to consider, to deliberate, and to reflect. I know oftentimes, when, when, especially, well, particularly with me, when I've heard, like, meditate and in connection with the Bible, I immediately begin to uh, stereotype that word and that meaning because, you know, in my mind I'm thinking about a monk probably sitting with his legs crossed, probably on a mountain and chanting and have all this mystical charms and music playing around him in the background as he meditates. But right here in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, we have our Father in heaven who's telling us to meditate, you know. He says that we should meditate on a word day and night, so we shouldn't even though that is a picture of meditating with a monk and somebody cross legs, they they do use that in uh, other religions that are are not of Christ or not of not of God, you know. But we, as believers, we should take advantage of what the Scripture is telling us to do in order to get our heart knowledge for the Word from our Father, and that is to meditate on the Word, meditate on it, to consider it to uh, deliberate and to uh, reflect. That word meditate and that, uh, that, that Hebrew word that I gave you, S-I-Y-A-C-H, um, it also was connected with a uh, cow to choose. If you ever, um, if you're familiar with farming and a cow to choose, but if a cow chewing grass, they say he just kind of like 
chews it over and does that same piece of grass over and over again in his mouth, and he can be doing it for a long, long time, just chewing that grass over and over again. And that's what we, that's what meditating is when we chew in that word so that you get you a scripture. It could be a, a, a healing scripture, a scripture on finances, a, a, a scripture on uh, healing of relationships, a scripture on, uh, oh, I'm losing my memory, a scripture on, on scripture that talks about bringing things to remembrance is about the Holy Spirit. Whatever it is, it's, it's a prescription in, in the uh, the word that you can apply to your life, and that's how you meditate on it. Not just by memorizing, but applying it to your word. Oh, I mean, applying the word to your life over and over and over and over again, you know. So meditation, that's a tool that I believe we as believers particularly in a church because of its association and connection with occultic practices. Um, we kind of overlook it. And it's true that many forces, forces contrary to our father, they, they tapped into that and they've done some very corrupt things with uh, meditation, but that doesn't make it evil in itself. Like just like, for example, a car, a car can be used uh, as a getaway for a bank robbery or a husband trying to drive his wife to the hospital to give birth. That's what meditation is. It can be used for evil or to draw us nearer to our Father in heaven. And the choice is basically ours. Are we going to take advantage of it and use it? Are we going to practice meditation, which is very, I mean, it's very simple yet difficult <clears throat> It's very simple yet difficult. Um, and I'm going to talk about that. Actually, I talk about, go more into detail on that in a uh, another chapter that's called The Secret Place, you know. But because it's, I believe it's, it's so central to de- developing the heart knowledge, I want to go, go back actually to uh, this David and Goliath, this first when he was fighting Goliath uh, in First Samuel chapter 17, and a way that you can uh, use it into your life is just, okay, just analyze that. Take that passage. It talked about David picking up five smooth, smooth stones. It talked about him listening to the Goliath, and then he was talking about, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smash you up, and paraphrasing, I'm going to smash you up with these rocks I got or whatever, because you, you are defying my father in heaven. You know, so that right there is just like a brief synopsis of what was happening in it. But you take that right there and you apply it to a situation in your life. Um, True, you may not be facing like a Goliath, but we are facing different sorts of giants in our life. Maybe uh, it's with our boss is a giant or a loved one in our life. Uh, Maybe someone in our life that uh, needs salvation. And a nice some type of situation or situational salvation, like a health, physical problem, mental problem, financial problem, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, even doubt, doubt can be in some form of giant. Um, kind of, we kind of de- de- uh, see it as maybe it's like it's like doubt is like a reflex, like okay, something happens and then immediately we start doubting. But doubt is something that needs to be conquered. And an example that uh, I thought about in my own life was uh, 
was, and this was uh, many years ago, but there was a position that was open. Actually, it was two positions open in this department. And uh, uh, one of the positions was a director position. The other one was the position that would be reporting to the director. And uh, the position that would be reporting to the director was actually a pos- similar to the position I was currently working in. And I'm like, okay, well, I can do that, so I can apply for that one. But then I got to thinking about, well, that director position, that right there, that that right there, it looks like something that uh, I could do also. So I begin, but the thing is, doubt start creeping in because you start looking at some of the, the listings on the job description and it's talking about managing, managing people, managing a, a $300,000 budget and a grant and all these different elements I was looking at on the uh, job description. And I'm like, wow, can, can I, can I really do this? Do I, do I really have, do I really have uh, it, it within me, you know, to do that and to conquer uh, this doubt, the, the doubt that was coming against me? And in this uh, passage in First Samuel 17, during that time, David had said uh, to his brothers, because they was the, the uh, Goliath, he was going around saying, I defile the army of God. And David was like, what are y'all doing hiding over here? David wanted to fight. And he said, is there not a cause? And that right there is just so powerful to me that he said that. He said, is there not a cause? And basically, anytime there is something contrary to the purpose of God in your life, you should ask yourself that question. Is there not a cause or a reason for you to want to fight for the for the things that our Father wants you to have? Is there not a reason? Is there not a cause? Or are you going to stay there and sit there and and be cowardly because in this this situation of of David and Goliath, the circumstance was speaking literally saying, hey, I'm going to just pick you a champion and I'm going to go ahead and beat him. And in our very situations, we face the the enemy or the giant that we face, they come on up, come on up. And a lot of times we we shut away from that. We... uh, kind of cower away from that, you know. And when we do that, basically what we're saying is that uh, our father, they, he's unable to do anything about this situation because maybe he's not powerful enough or he doesn't care enough or it's not reason enough for our father to become involved, you know. But our father, we, we have to realize that he always desires and wants to show himself strong in every situation and circumstance. He always wants to be glorified in every situation and circumstance. We know the word glorified means to be put on display. So our Father, he always desires victory in every circumstance that uh, we face, you know, whether whether it be sickness, disease, finances, even something that you think is so little or minute, you know, like, oh, I can do this on my own. But we should always lean no matter what it is, no matter how big or small, to our Father who is in heaven, who is capable to defeat every situation and circumstance. I mean, he, our Father says if, if he he's concerned about the the uh, the flowers, you know, and how they how they're clothed, you know. What about you? What about what about you? What about me? You know, our Father, 
he is well capable, and he and he wants to hear. He wants us to call on his his name, his son's name, you know, so that uh, we can have victory over these things. And my situation with his job thing was uh, overcoming doubt, which was a giant. Like did I did I that he had not equipped me to do it, but he had equipped me to do it. And actually, I ended up applying for that position because of the, the scripture and some of the things that I heard, and I ended up actually. Um, working in that position, and I worked in that position for many, many years, you know, and I, I, I overcame that, you know, and that was simply, I give that all the credit to me meditating on the promises of of uh, from this, this passage in First Samuel chapter 17, you know, and not just that, but there's other situations in my life where I I've seen this take place, you know. I've seen this take place. Um, so I want to encourage us to uh, move beyond, again, the ABCs of the written word of our Father, and we can do this by meditating and applying that meditation to the different situations and circumstances and you write it down. You write down those scriptures, and you write down what you're, what you're going against, and you make you a chart. You know, that's what I did. Or you can do it. A lot of people are in technology where you can do, like, a voice message to yourself. These are just kind of like little tips you can do to apply the word. I have I have in my house, I have uh, on my closet door to my clothes, it's got scriptures on there. One of them is First Peter 2, verse 24. It says, uh, who himself bore our sicknesses in our own body on a tree that we have died to our sins might live for righteousness, and it's by whose stripes we are healed. And so it's just like, oh, okay, every time I open up my door to get dressed or to hang up my clothes, I see that. I see that, and that's a way to uh, meditate. Another scripture, um, is, uh, it says, grace and peace is mine in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. And that's another one that I see just hanging up. And I got to memorize them in my heart now, but no matter whatever situation or circumstance that I face, I can pull pull from those things that I have in my heart. And not saying that I'm victorious every time. I'm not saying that I, I don't doubt no more or have any of those problems anymore, but I have something that I can hope in and draw from, draw from, when the people of the world or who don't know our Father, they don't have that resource, you know. A another scripture um, that I I want to share with you is uh, Hebrews four twelve, and you know that one is talking about that the word of God is sharper than any two edged sword. So to gain a true heart knowledge, you know, we have to get this sword because this. Uh, it's a weapon. <laughs> this uh, Hebrews four twelve talks about the word of God being a spiritual weapon, a, a spiritual sword, an offensive weapon. Um, and and many times, you know, we we uh, some of us we memorize the word, and then some of us we we uh, we understand the Greek, the Hebrew, or even the Aramaic, or different other English translations. You know, for that matter. But unless we are willing to allow that to, that that to get into our heart, the word, you know, the Hebrew, Greek, 
none of that is, it doesn't make a difference. You can know all the Hebrew and Greek in the world, you know, but we have to allow it, the word to uh, penetrate our heart, you know, and let the Holy Spirit teach our hearts. Uh, one of the uh, passages that is talking about, that uh, is talking about having a heart knowledge for the word was uh, actually in Luke chapter 12, oh, I'm sorry, Luke 24, verses 13 through 32. That's Luke 24, verses 13 through 32. And that's a long passage. I, I won't read it to you, but basically what we're going on, there were two men, and y'all may be familiar with them, but Simon and Cleopas. And these men, they were uh, actually in a conversation and talking about the death of Jesus. And suddenly uh, a strange man approached them, and the man, they get go on to explain to the stranger that was with them then about everything that they heard concerning everything that was going on in Jerusalem. And they was explaining with great detail, and they told how the ruler sent Jesus to death and then they spoke of the woman who was at the empty tomb and the angels. And after hearing this story, this this strange man explains to them how all of these things that they're talking about that happened, which we have now as, as written word, were actually fulfilling scripture. And when the strange man fulfills, when the strange man finishes telling the, the man the story, it says that, the men's eyes were open to know that the strange man who was standing before them, who were, they were talking to him saying, hey, this man, the woman went to him and uh, he wasn't in a, in a, uh, in a tomb and they sent it to him. They didn't even know who they were talking to. But after this strange man told them, their eyes became open to know that it was the man who they were talking about was standing right in, before them. And these men, they were without pencil or paper, I'm assuming, or any type of recordings, but they recorded Jesus' words deep within themselves. That experience that happened, they recorded it deep within themselves because this this passage in Luke was actually written by Luke the physician. These gentlemen, they didn't write it, but they recorded it within themselves, and then they must have testified about it, and somehow either they told Luke directly or somebody told them, told Luke about them that that happened. So that right there is an example of someone recording the word within themselves and developing a heart knowledge. And not through so much tedious study, but through a yielded heart. So we can spend hours and hours uh, meditating and studying the word and uh, knowing all that, but it's, I'm not saying our, spending hours and hours on the word is very, very important, but it's more than that. Actually, we have to have a yielded heart amongst spending all that time and hours. And if you have a yielded heart and spending all that time, imagine all the destruction you can cause to the kingdom of darkness, you know. Actually, uh, in verse 32, uh, I like how it says that, it's a, actually something that they said right out of their mouth. It says, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on a road and opened the scripture to us? It says, was not our hearts burning? What does it mean to have a, 
a burning heart. That's not like, you know, like the warm, fuzzy feeling, you know, when your hair kind of stand up on your arms. That That's not what we're talking about, like goosebumps and things like that. But having a burning heart or a heart of knowledge and, involves uh, to take the next step. Like the writer, whoever wrote this, uh, Psalms 39, verse 3, it says, My heart grew hot within me as I meditated, and the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. That's Psalms 39, verse 3. It says, my heart grew hot within me as I meditated, and a fire burned, and I spoke it with my tongue, speaking and declaring the written and prophetic word forgive you and help you develop a heart knowledge. Speaking and declaring, and that's what... uh, David did to Goliath because he said this day, I can't remember the exact words, but he said this day the Lord is going to give you over to me. And David was telling Goliath everything that was going to happen. Basically, Goliath, you're going down today because my father is going to give you over to me. And that was the clearing, speaking, the written, and the prophetic word over Goliath. And we can do that to the situation and circumstances we face. Actually, I want to give you an example. I'm in a partnership with a ministry in the Philippines and this uh, minister, his his name is uh, Joe Marie. He uh, Every year they do a crusade and actually this happened a month ago. He we, we communicate through email and he said they were having this crusade and they go through this path and this is over in the Philippines and he said that the weather he said the weather, a, a typhoon or a hurricane, but a typhoon is coming and it's going to stop the crusade from happening. That was the report they were getting. He asked me to, to come and then some other uh, brothers and sisters in Christ agreed and we began to pray, to pray and to decree and tell the typhoon to go back into the sea. And it's actually a YouTube video or something similar like that of a tornado happening, if you uh, look on YouTube in the Philippines, there's someone doing that. But that's not the one I'm talking about. But we begin to to pray pray and decree that the typhoon would dissipate or uh, uh, disintegrate and see or be turned around where it won't cause any hurt, harm, and danger um, to this typhoon because we were looking forward to a great harvest. And guess what happened? I mean... I was praying and decreeing it and believing it, but, you know, you always have those thoughts in the back of your mind. Anyway, about two two days later, he had emailed me and said, guess guess what happened? That the uh, typhoon actually turned a different direction than what the weather report was saying. And then the crusade lasted a week, and they went to these different towns that was in the path of the, uh, the typhoon, and what, over 1,500 people uh, gave their life to Christ during during that time frame, and I was I was I gave glory to my my Father in heaven because he he still does miracles. He he he. Uh, we can't. It's important for us to uh, not limit him because he he will do some amazing things for us. That right there, we we speak into the weather and typhoon. Elijah he he did that in First Kings chapter one verse seventeen. It says that uh. First Kings one seventeen it says, Now Elijah the 
Tishabite apprenticeship and Galen said to Aleph, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will neither be dew or rain the next few years except by my word. So unless Elijah said something, then there wasn't going to be no dew or rain. And <clears throat> excuse me. And and uh, similar to what Elijah said, I mean, he was decreeing the prophetic word of our Father, and that's right there. Something that I actually I have meditated on that many many years ago, and that's something I was I was able to to apply recently. But I I have known about this this scripture, and even something you know. A lot of people got saved that day, you know, so like, oh, God is for that. But even something as simple as uh, I've seen it happen when uh, we're at uh, a family reunion, family get-togethers on picnics, and we're not thinking of so much. I mean, we always want to praise our Father in heaven no matter what situation. I was with my aunt, and I seen, I seen them actually declare and speak for uh, 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 the rain to go away so that we can have enjoy our our uh, barbecue <laughs> and the kids can play on the playground and I've, I've seen that happen too and, and though no one didn't uh, come to accept Christ at that moment but at the same same instance the same thought we was uh, decreeing and speaking uh, and meditating on the word and, and applying it to our life and situation and circumstance you know so again we should not um, limit the, the power that our Father wants to uh, go work through us, you know, um, and that's because I was I was able to I had heard stories of Elijah, you know, shutting up the rain, and my aunts they had heard it too, and and even the pastor in the Philippines he he had heard it too, so we agreed on those things, and and we're not anyone special, you know. That's something that uh, our Father desires for you to do also. Um, in Second Corinthians four thirteen, uh, Paul says, "It is written, I believe; therefore, I have spoken." With that same spirit of faith, we believe; therefore, speak. So right here, Paul is saying, "Okay, he has something that was written, so he believed it in his heart, and then he started declaring it. He started speaking it." Okay. And he says, hey, that was written, but he said with that same mindset, you know, and that same spirit, that same faith in your heart, you can believe it. And don't just believe in your heart, but speak it. Just like we come into the salvation, it says in our heart we believe, with our mouth we confess. But with every situation and circumstances contrary to what our Father has plans for us, which is always a prosperous, we are to believe and we are to speak to that situation and circumstance. And we do this by studying, we, or we get our ammo or our sword or however you want to call it, by by meditating and having a heart knowledge for the, the written word of our Father. And the God, our Father, you know, he has more to offer us in this praying away rain. Though, though rain, sometimes that, that's very beneficial, you know, but he wants to do more than it is that. Um, uh, Jesus, we know that 
he walked on water, you know. And he opened up the eyes of the blind. That was that was Jesus. But but what about what about you? You know, we all have, have giants and I'm I'm I know that's like talking about okay, why why do I got why do I have to do that? Well that's why he has you here to to believe. He says, If we believe all things are possible. Um if we believe all things are possible, you know. Um Paul, I, I believe our, our father he wants us he wants to move through things in this world that uh that we can't even really comprehend, you know, with our our, uh, our natural senses. Uh Hebrews six one, I believe Paul was kind of alluding to that. He says, Therefore in Hebrews six one, he says, Therefore let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and being <clears throat> taken forward to maturity. So our Father, he requires maturity of us, of the church, so we can manifest our destiny. And there is the destiny that our Father, that he wants all of us to walk into it. And this destiny, it could be similar to the power of the prophets of old. And even greater than the works that Jesus performed awaits you. Uh, it says in uh John chapter 14, verse 12, Verily, truly, I tell you that whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. But, of course, all of this, this these uh, powers, these miracles, signs, and wonders, they're, they're nothing we know without love. But we we shouldn't we shouldn't in our prayer life and our studying and our our understanding of the uh word we we should not limit what our father wants to do th- through us um whether it be uh speaking to the atmosphere speaking to the weather patterns speaking to your body speaking to your mind speaking to your uh Boss and your family. I mean, you. The the word says that we can decree a thing and it shall be established. That's that's from from the word, the written word. That's what it says in the book of Job that we can decree a thing and it shall be established. We can say something and it's going to happen. And it and it's not really. I mean, it is because of us saying it, but it's only because our Father has given us the power to say it, and because those are the things that He wants to do. So it, it, it's not so much. Oh, okay. I'm this this high saint. I'm this pastor. I'm this evangelist. I'm this prophet, or whatever. But it's because of our Father's love for us and His love for mankind and animal kind and and the nature. Our Father loves all those things. He created them. He puts them here, and He puts us here to have dominion and stewardship. And He expects us uh, to do things about it. And we can only do that by meditating on the Word. You know. And it, it's it, it's easy for us to to, to try to th- do things in the natural, and he, and he wants us to do things that those ways also, um, through our legislation, through our government, and through whatever processes we have. But he doesn't want us 
to be leaning on those things, to be leaning on what the Republicans or Democrats or the people over in other countries are so much doing, though he wants us to have an effect on that area. He wants us to move through the power of his word and through the power of prayer because that that's actually more powerful than any nuclear weapon. It's more powerful than any automatic. I know this, this sound may, may sound crazy or bizarre. It's powerful than any legislation that the government can pass, but that's because we are not of this world. <laughs> we, we are from another place. But all of these things, these, these things, operates by having a heart knowledge and also through love, you know, through love. And that takes us actually, that leads us out of uh, the second chapter about knowing the word into the second principle, which is uh, knowing, knowing actually it's, it's called, the third chapter is called knowing light, life, and love. So that's knowing light, life, and love. And I, I'm a, you know, I, I'll give. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start on that one real quick. We won't finish with it, but I'll start on it a little bit. But uh, knowing light, life, and love. Those three words, light, life, and love. Those are three words are so interconnected. And as I was writing the book uh the holy spirit he he led me to the uh story of a uh in scripture of a young man and he was actually just kind of imagine with me he was actually in a situation where uh he was kind of dirty um and he was around the pigs you know <laughs> and he probably smelled like them y'all know who I'm talking about but I, I just got to thinking about him and his situation, and he was once around. He once wore the finest clothes of that time, uh, the most exotic foods, and he had the best transportation and the best housing. And now I just imagine him looking at himself. Now I've been lost everything, and I'm stinky, and I can't even really take care of myself. So what else could I do? Because I don't have any skills since I've been living off my father my whole life. I've been living off my father's fortunes. And now this man who I'm talking about, he's in a situation where he don't have no money, he don't have no friends, and he seems like he's stuck here. And his stomach is growling and he's just so hungry, you know, and that there's really nothing there for him to eat. But maybe... He could eat with the pigs <laughs> because I'm I'm so hungry that I can eat with the pigs. I can eat pig food because after all, they they're still eating these pods. And this is what this actually scripture was talking about. The prodigal son. He was he was saying these things. I can eat with the pig, but maybe he said, okay, no, that's not right. He said, you know what? I'll go back to my father's house and. And I'll be his servant because even they eat better than the pigs. And that's what he decided to do, that he would go home and confess his sins and wrongdoings and pray that my father will have mercy upon me and allow me to to come back and, and be a servant so I can fill up my stomach, you know. And that's a, 
recorded actually in Luke chapter 15, the story that we heard of the uh, prodigal son, you know. And he's talking about coming back to his father. And this parable, to me, it gives us a beautiful illustration of our father's love. And now there, there are three things that we can take away from this, this story. So actually, for, let's focus on the three characters. We have a father, and we have the father has two sons. Now, the father in this parable represents our loving father who's in heaven. And Jesus told this parable to give his disciples a vivid example of how great our father's love is and how it works in real life. And, and Scripture says, that our father's love, that our, our father, he loves, that he loves all. Uh, Romans 5, 8, it says that uh, for God demonstrated his love towards us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's what it says. Um, and we know John three sixteen also. But what is this love? What is our father's love? And this, this uh, in the New Testament, uh, which we have this translated, we was translated from Greek, but there were uh, a few words from love that I wanted to pull out from scripture. We have eros, eros. That's a uh, e r o s is defined as an impulsive and sensual love. Then we have philia, which which is a brotherly love, which is used several times throughout scripture. Uh, one one example we we see this is a. Uh, when Lazarus' sister sent word to Jesus saying, the one who you love or phileo is sick. That's in John 11, verse 3. Another word is, is storage, S-T-O-R-G-E, which is an affectionate, affectionate family love. Like a parent might feel for a child, and there is agape. And this is the love from heaven, our Father's love and unconditional, eternal, never-changing love, like John 3.16. And there is a power associated with that particular love that goes beyond any definition. I mean, we can define it, we can put the scripture, but even what we can say about it in our own words, English, um, Spanish, whatever language, we can't even really describe it. We can't describe the beautiful feeling of what it means to be loved. You know, even, I got to thinking about that word, even a plant can feel the love of its owner when uh, the owner is watering it because it shows them that the plant that they are caring for or the love of a mother has for a child or the love that I have for my son or other loved ones. Love is like an energy, and it causes a desire within us to be around the person who loves us or the persons we love. And our Father, our Father in heaven, oh, his love, his love is like an energizing love, and it pushes us not only to be around him, but it pushes us to manifest in it a destiny that he, that he has for us. You know, faster than the speed of thought. You know how fast you think thoughts? Well, 
the love of the Father is even faster than that towards us. And if we yield to this love, we will feel the warmth that surrounds us. And if our Father, if he uh, withheld this love, you know what? If he withheld it, he wouldn't have sent his son to the earth. And think about the horrible feeling of not having love in your life. What about, do you ever feel lonely like on a holiday or on a special date? Now, that's a sad feeling. A feeling of being alone in the world, even though you may be full, even though there might be people, you may be in a room full of people, but yet you're still lonely. Now, magnify that feeling times infinity and beyond. And that's how you will feel if our Father had never sent love to this place. The world the world will be a purposeless place, a place that lacked everything, lacked destiny. Without the love of our Father, we would be no better than a, a collection of rocks. But our Father, he demonstrated his love to us by sending his Son and our lives, you know, our lives, the challenge for us is to apply love to everything we do. First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, because without love, everything, praying, reading the word, uh, walking someone across the street, everything is vain and empty. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, if I speak with tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body to the hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. You know, there's a whole lot of people, that's a 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 through 3, there's a whole lot of people doing a whole lot of great things or things that seem nothing, but if they're doing it out of love, it, they might as well be doing nothing. With love, prophecy, knowledge, and mystery, no, I'm sorry, with love, with love, Prophecy, knowledge, and mystery, they all have purpose. They all have meaning. Manifesting your destiny is tied to love. Um, but what is it? I gave you some Greek and I mean, yeah, some Greek definitions of we talked about it. But uh, in order to have a more comprehensive view of love, we need to look at the three L's of love, and that's actually the chapter, and I'm I'm going to close right there, but you, you can uh, tune in next week. And the three love, the three, I'm sorry, the three L's, is one of them we kind of already talked about is love. The other one is light, and the other one is life. And all these three words, if you actually look at them in Scripture and you're reading, they kind of interchangeable. And 
They are all light, life, and love. They are all manifestations of our Father's love. And they manifest the goodness of our Father, but it is manifested from different avenues or different perspectives. So I want to encourage you to, to, to tune in next week as we focus in and zoom in more on knowing light, life, and love. Um and just to uh, summarize for this evening, we were the, the majority of the time we spent focusing on wrapping up knowing the word from Chapter 2 of the book, Manifest Destiny, the Path Towards Wisdom. And we we talked a little bit about decreeing, speaking it, memorizing it, going beyond the ABCs, because knowing the word is actually applying it and not just saying it, but saying it in love and then applying it in love to your life. And I, when I was speaking to the typhoon and the other people, we wanted the reason why because we wanted the people to be saved, delivered, healed, and set free. That was that was our motivation for that, you know. But even I talked about the the picnic too, the, the family get together, the little cookout we were having. We that's a experience of a different kind of love, just like a family love. Like it wasn't like really like an outreach type thing. But it just we just wanted to enjoy life. We just want to have a, a prosperous experience. And our Father, he desires those things too. So I want to encourage you this week to, to get you, to find you a scripture. Or you might already have a scripture, but apply it to whatever challenge, situation that you're facing in your life. To apply that, that scripture to your life and apply it in love. Meditate on it, quote it, get it in your heart. Go beyond memorizing. Speak it into existence. Declare it, decree it, hang it on your wall. Whatever you have to do, and stand on it. Believe it. Stand on it. Stand, even if you already have been standing on it for so long, continue to stand on it because we have a Father in heaven who He's not going to disappoint. He's not going to fail. And no matter whatever the situation or circumstances or whatever the ending is. We always have victory. We always have victory. Um, and also uh, the book, again, if you want the book, Manifest Destiny Path Towards Wisdom, I'm, I'm giving them out for free. You don't have to pay for shipping or anything. You just have to email me. You can email me or Dorothy. You can email Dorothy and ask her, and I'll, I'll mail it off, or you can email me. My email is dr for Dr. D-R-M-E-R-E-J-A-Y at gmail.com. That's D-R-M-E-R-E-J-A-Y at gmail.com. Or you can visit my website, Jameer, J-A-M-E-R-E, dot org, O-R-G. And it's uh, my contact information on there. That's actually a form that you can fill out. And you can respond to me through that way also. Um, thank you again for our tuning in to my podcast, Block on Block Talk, Heavenly Places, and I'm I'm your host, Jameer Spencer. Um, I, uh, a, a servant of our Father in Heaven, your bro- your brother in Christ, um, who um, who's, who's just praying and, and trying to go down the road of, and, and uh, learn more about our Father just like you, I'm I'm no different. I mean, my name is different. I may be a different height or weight, 
but uh, I'm trying to get to the same place that you're trying to get to, and I can only do that through our Father's love and through our through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, uh, Dorothy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. That was so a wonderful lesson. It's, what would we do without Father's love? Yeah, just like a, a garden slug or something. Yeah, we, we would be. It would be worse than that. <laughs> that would be worse <laughs> than a garden slug <laughs> without his love. Um. Yeah. Well. Uh, uh. Thank you for this uh opportunity, uh, Dorothy, to uh te- to teach and, sh- and share from the uh. The, the word and also from uh, from the uh, some of the stories that I had written in the uh, the book. Tom, I go ahead and uh, close out in prayer. Um, Father, we uh, uh, thank you, O oh Father, for your many blessings that you have bestowed upon us this day, Father Lord, and the, the blessings you're going to be bestow upon us the next minute, second day, week, hour, month, O oh Father and even eternity, Father. Um, draw us towards your love, your wisdom, your revelation, your understanding, O oh Father. Give us victory, O oh God, Lord, from um, sickness, O oh God, Lord, lack, Father, Lord, poverty, Father, Lord. Save our friends and family, O oh Father, Lord. Cover everything connected with us, O oh God, Lord, our, our finances, our health, our relationships, O oh God, our property, our cars, O oh Father, our nation, with your Holy Spirit, with your very presence, O oh Father Lord, cover us, O oh Father Lord. We uh, we need you to move and act on our behalf, O oh Father. Um, give us understanding and revelation. Give us sweet sleep, O oh God. Give us understanding through our dreams, O oh God. Lord, give us understanding through your word. We ask all these things, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. Well, um, I will. I will. Uh, not see you, but I will talk to you again next week. And don't forget, send an email so you can get your book. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jameer. All right. Father bless yep, everyone. everybody. Yes. Goodbye. Good night. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.